Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Guys, welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, March 18th, 2021. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. Today's exclusive interview is going to be with none other than one half of the second ever NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Shotzi Blackheart, talking all about her title win, teaming with Ember Moon, her favorite match so far in NXT, and a ton more. So that's coming up here today. In addition to, as always, my conversation with RJ Mr. Marceau talking all things Raw, Fastlane this coming Sunday, last night's awesome women's main event on Dynamite, one of the best they've ever done in terms of main events on Dynamite, and so much more than that, Um, NXT and Eric Bischoff going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Andrade requesting his release from WWE last week. And a ton more, so we're going to get into that shortly. But you guys can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single week on Thursdays on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode on Thursdays. Also, quick cheap plug, two things actually. The Shotzi Blackheart interview went up first in audio form on the YouTube channel on Wednesday. So check that out at youtube.com backslash Graham G.S.M. Matthews. Uh, Tuesday, my interview with the actor that portrays Dwayne Johnson in his college years on Young Rock. I don't know how you pronounce his name exactly, so I won't even attempt to do it, but that interview went live on Tuesday as well on the YouTube channel in video form. I don't do many video interviews, but that was done in video form, which was really, really cool. And the article version of that went up on Tuesday as well on What Culture. So you can check that out from Tuesday. Shotzi Blackheart from yesterday. And then tomorrow, I'm going to be announcing this on Twitter soon, uh, my exclusive interview, my next interview for Bleach Report with WWE superstar, none other than Daniel Bryan. We recorded it last night. He was fucking awesome. Really, really cool. And uh, that is not in video form. That's in audio form. But that's going up on Bleach Report on Friday and in audio form tomorrow morning. So sometimes I'll put it on WrestleRant Radio first. Not this week. I still got to work on it a little bit. So I'll probably run the audio of that interview next week. And you guys got to check it out. He was a really, really cool dude. Talking all about Fastlane and uh, the Roman Reigns match. His career almost retiring. Or really, he actually did retire five years ago. But... You know, coming back from retirement matches he still wants to have. It was a really, really cool conversation. Parenthood was another thing we spent a, you know, a while on. I'm not a dad myself, but he's been a father of two now for about a year, and he's had his daughter for about four years now. He had, had a new baby boy last year, so we talk all about that. St. Patrick's Day, that's when it was recorded, and so much more. So check that out tomorrow as well on Bleach Report, first thing Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, and on the YouTube channel in audio form. And once again, youtube.com backslash Graham GSM Matthews. But without further ado, please welcome my guest for today, one half of the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Shotzi Blackheart. Hey, how's it going, Shotzi? How are you? 
Great. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Obviously, today we're talking about you're coming off the big NXT Women's Championship Tag Team victory last week. It was huge. Uh, after only being at NXT for a year and a half, what was it like to win your first championship in NXT last Wednesday? Oh, completely surreal. Um, I'm in heaven right now. Uh, I'm just soaking it all in and... Uh, loving myself right now <laughs> <laughs> I mean, coming off of a moment like that is there any one person that you're surprised to hear from a, a, a con, you know a, a, upon becoming champion for the first time in wwe you know um hearing from triple h you know of course he would come congratulate us mm-hmm. but it's still always like surreal and it always feels so good um so hearing you know having him come up and say congratulations and you deserve it. It, it, it that was just like the moment for me mm-hmm. have you heard the rumblings of a women's tag team title in nxt for a while now because again we had the dusty classic that you guys were a part of in the finals that takeover just a month ago and the mm-hmm. tag titles came about within the last week or two it seems is this something that you've known about for a while or heard the rumblings or was it a, as much of a shock to you as it was to everyone else oh i really had no idea um <laughs> until like I don't know, maybe like the week before that it was um, going to be a thing. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was a huge surprise. Um, yeah, no, no clue. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is that you actually came close to winning the WWE Women's Tag Team titles last year with Tegan Knox as your partner. You guys went for the titles on NXT against Sasha and Bailey at that point. That was only less than a year ago. How much more does it mean to have won these championships now? You're only the second ever champions after Dakota and Raquel. Um, after everything you've experienced since then, because you've gone through so much in the last nine months since that point, from the Robert Stone brand feud, the Candice feud, you were in war games, forming the alliance with Ember. How much more does that moment mean now than it would have nine months ago? Yeah, I mean, just being in that match was um, huge for me because i huge fan of Bailey and Sasha. So, like, that was a big turning point. And it was also my first time main eventing at NXT. Um, so it's kind of like it's coming full circle because that was like a huge moment for me mm-hmm. on NXT TV. And then this moment, just bringing it all the way around. Um, and to do it with Ember just like means so much to me because I just, um, you know, I, I've become so close with her throughout this whole journey from mm-hmm. War Games to throughout the Dusty Cup, and uh, it's it's surreal. And it's only been a couple months you guys have been together, because like you said, you guys were in War Games together, which was only back in December, and it's March right mm-hmm. now. You guys were in the finals yeah. of the Women's Dusty Classic in February. Was there any one moment, and I think I asked her the same thing when I talked to her like a month ago, but was there any one moment where you guys felt, okay, the chemistry is clicking now, this is going to work out, like we're, we're meant to be tag team partners. There, was there any one moment for you like that, or was it kind of a gradual process? Um, you know... Uh... As soon as we were a team on War Games, we just clicked. Like, we just happened to be doing a bunch of tag moves in that match. I think I did more tag moves with her than with anyone else mm-hmm. in, on my team. And it just meshed. And, like, she's loud and wild and energetic. And I think that chemistry together, us, was just... um, um a little dangerous, but I loved it, you know? 
Is is there any one team now that you guys are tag team champions that you want to face either in because there's so many there's so much women in NXT the, the, the depth of that division right now is amazing. Is there any one team you guys have your sights set on facing at some point, whether it be from the main roster NXT or is it really just kind of a you know all comers type thing? Just anyone who steps up will face them. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I would love to get back at. Uh, Candace and Indy, you know, mm. that feud has been going on forever, but I'm not even, I'm not ready to let it go. <laughs> um, uh, Shayna and Naya, I would love to get in the ring with. Yep. Um, man, there's I, everyone. <laughs> yeah. And, and Shayna, there was that unfinished business there too, because her last match in NXT before a few weeks ago was with you just over a year ago when you eliminated her from the mm-hmm. Battle Royal. So there's that, you know, history there as well. You mentioned the feud with Candice, and that's been going on forever now. But a part of that feud was the uh, was your tank, your signature tank, getting destroyed. And we've had a new one since then. I, I think you debuted at War Games. Is that correct? Yes. Correct. Okay. So what went into the creation of that tank and and, and making it even bigger and better than the last one? Uh, you know, um, I didn't want to rebuild the same tank that I've been coming out with. And I think, like, um, if I'm going to bring on this rebirth, I wanted it to be meatier yeah. and just more badass and more destructible, um, heavier, stronger. <laughs> And, and also, too, we've been seeing you with this tank since you arrived in NXT a year and a half ago. And it's something unique to you in your entrance, and it really helps you stand out in that division, which is chock full with, again, so many talented women right now, which is great. Um, but you've had it since you arrived in NXT, and you've only been here for about a year and a half. And you're a very rare case of someone who signed in late 2019, I think it was like September, October, around there. And then you were on TV literally with like in two months, which is very rare. Because, you know, some people get signed and we don't see them for a little while. So what was that process like for you? And how much of a whirlwind was that first couple of months in NXT? Yeah, I mean, it was really, really quick. I got signed in November, actually. And then I debuted in December. And, um... (laughs) Yeah, it just all happened so fast. Like, I I thought, like, I was going to, you know, have time to get new gear and, (laughs) um, you know, you know, redevelop my TV persona. But Mm -hmm. no, it was just like, all right, go get in the ring. (laughs) Yeah. Was there anything one thing you had to change? Yeah, no, I mean, from that point, it was such a quick process. Was there anything that you were like, okay, I have to do this differently from what I was doing on the independent scene and Evolve, whatever? Or was it just the same shots you blackheart from November to December? You know, I think because it was so fast Mm -hmm. that um, I did just get to be me, just do exactly what I was doing um, on the indies and bring it to NXT TV. Like, I didn't even skip a beat. Mm Mm-hmm. And the funny thing, I say September, and you're right, it was November. I mean, obviously you would know, but I thought September for a second because my girlfriend and I had a chance to see you at an Evolve show in Brooklyn like that September, and then you get signed mm-hmm. like two months later, which was crazy. Did you have an idea yeah. at that point? Yeah, we're like, okay, I might be WWE bound, or when Regal came out and offered you the contract. I wasn't at that show. I was at a one right before that, but did you know at that point you might be where you, that could be where you were headed, or was that as much of a shock in to you sep- as everyone else? In September, in September, no, I had no, I had no yeah. idea. I think like I was told and then I moved like two weeks later, wow. like it was that fast. But, but even like, um, like even though like I was at, um, the performance center already, like I was still doing evolve shows. 
in, in December. That's so crazy. I feel like, and then like a week later, um, was having my debut match. So it was literally like, uh, my last evolved show was like December 6th or something. And then the next week I was on NXT TV. Yeah. That's, that's such a wild process. And it's crazy too, because you know, your story is well documented that you tried out for tough enough five, six years ago at this point in 2015, you were medically disqualified and now you're here now. What would you say were like the biggest lessons that you learned in that time from 2015 up until you were signed in 2019, as well as the biggest lessons you've learned since being a part of NXT? You know, I love my time on the Indies and I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I just I'm actually thankful for how everything panned out mm -hmm. because I I got to travel the world like I, uh, you know, I, I trained everywhere. I trained in Europe and Canada and Mexico and all over the United States. I got so many different views and um, I, you know, got to find myself by myself. And it was really like a kind of spiritual way to find my wrestling self. Mm -hmm. And um, I wouldn't be who I am as a wrestler or even as a person today um, if I didn't go through everything I went through. So I think like in a sense, like me being released from tough enough yeah. for, med for medical reasons was, you know, hey, we ne you need to go find yourself on your own. Yeah. And in being in NXT, is there any one thing that you've learned from late 2019 up until right now? Um, you know, uh, TV wrestling is very different from independent wrestling. Mm -hmm. But um, being at NXT, I just realized that that everything that I done on the indies was worth it. And like, I get to be me and I get, you know, just keep doing me. And, you know, going back to your process, too, of, like, how you arrived in WWE, because, it, again, it's so surreal, the fact that you were signed in November, you were literally, not even just in NXT, but you were, like, on TV on the Christmas episode, I think is when it aired, when you faced, um, mm -hmm. who was the match that you faced? Well, oh, it was, um, oh, God, I Bianca. Oh, Bianca, okay, Bianca, yeah, you faced Bianca, and then you were on TV as a regular from that point forward. It wasn't like it was even a one-off, like, we'll reintroduce you with vignettes. You were just on TV from that point forward, which is so cool. And then, less than a month after that, you're in the friggin' Women's Royal Rumble. And in two years in a row, too, I mean, you're, you're still in NXT, and you've been in the Women's Rumble twice. What was that experience like from last year to this year, in both times, I guess? Oh, man, I, I just feel like I haven't even gotten to really even process one moment just because like i every time i feel like oh, this is the most amazing moment ever then like <laughs> the next most amazing moment ever then they're like oh yeah and then you're gonna host halloween havoc mm -hmm. and do this and i'm like whoa this is amazing it's like i like <laughs> wrote it all myself and you know, it's it's crazy, too, because in that time in NXT, you've had so many great matches. I think the EO match really stands out as being a, one of your best so far. That was such a great match on TV last summer. We've had so many great ones with you in it since then. Um, is there any one match, any one favorite match that you've had so far being in WWE and one match that you still want to have that you haven't already, whether it be in NXT or a Raw or a SmackDown? Oh, you you called it right there. Like, um... <laughs> Me versus EO, um, definitely my favorite match that I've had since, you know, I've gotten to NXT. Mm -hmm. um, just uh, the pressure was on. And when it finally, like, unfolded, I was like, wow, like, I really just left it all in the ring in this match. And I was really proud of myself after that. Yeah. 
No, that was an awesome match, and hopefully we can run it back again at some point with the championship on the line. But obviously we got the tag team titles to focus on for right now. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask you, too, because last week was such a crazy week. You were you won the tag team titles on Wednesday, but I also want to get your thoughts. You know, you, you mentioned how your chicken passed away on Twitter, Peck Peck. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know what the story was there because you posted a great tribute to him. And uh, the picture that you posted, you took the picture right after you or right before you got the phone call from WWE saying you were signed. Uh, so what, what was going on there with Peck Peck and uh, his passing last week? Yeah, my mom actually was given Peck Peck when she was uh, at a pumpkin patch. It was like one of those pumpkin patches that are just like um, like in a parking lot. And yeah. they had like a little petting zoo. Mm-hmm. My mom went there to pick up some pumpkins. And the lady that was running it was like kind of stressed out about these chickens. Uh-huh. And just asked my mom if she wanted some chickens. And my mom, being the Filipino woman that she is, was like, yes, I will take your chicken. But I think she was actually going to eat the chicken, to be honest. (laughs) Um, And uh, she came home, and she's just holding this chicken. And I'm like, mom, why do you have a chicken in your hand right now? (laughs) And she's like, oh, I got it from the pumpkin patch. I'm like, okay. Well, and then Mm. she was like, we're going to eat it. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. This is my chicken because I picked it up and like Peck Peck was just like down, like cuddly, cuddly and just a sweetheart. And then like literally that moment, like I have this picture of my mom holding the chicken outside. Yeah. I took that picture and um, met the chicken. And, and then I got a call from WWE like right then in that driveway. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really cool. And I'm sure you'd be obviously proud now that you're women's tag team champion. And, and final question for you, kind of going off of that. What can fans expect from you and Ember's reign as women's tag team champion in NXT Shotzi? Oh, we're just going to bring all the energy. Uh, like us together, I think, is just this wild, energetic ball of danger. And we're just going to bring all of that Awesome. Well, fans are looking forward to it. They can check it every single Wednesday on USA Network. Yourself and Ember Moon, the all-new NXT Women's Tag Team Champion. Shotzi, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again to Shotzi for the time. It was a fun one. But now we transition into my conversation with Mr. Marceau, RJ, talking all things Raw, Fastlane, Dynamite, NXT, Andrade, Eric Bischoff, and so much more. But Mr. Marceau, we're eight days out from your wedding. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well, GSM. How are you? Doing great. I had the pleasure of seeing you yesterday on St. Patrick's Day. We were in the Marceau backyard, not literally, but in your area in Providence, Rhode Island this past week. So great to see you, brother. We're talking today, and we got the wedding next week. So I'm getting a lot of Marceau in the span of nine days or so. Seriously, it's a little overload, giving him a little... uh... (laughs) Give him a little GSM Mr. Marceau overload right now. I feel like yesterday was dark elevation, and the next Friday is actual dark. Wow. 14 matches, 15 matches, next week 20 matches. Did you catch any of that crap on Monday? All I saw was Ty Conti. That's all I watched for. And I saw uh, like the Team Taz tease because you had mentioned it on your review, and that's the only other thing that kind of piqued my interest. And they teased tension on Dynamite too, right? Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, that was awful. We'll get into all of that. We'll actually say the Dynamite thoughts for the end here because I thought overall I didn't think it was a bad show. It wasn't a great show. Um, but I do have a lot to say about that main event, and you do as well. I thought it was a phenomenal match, and uh, we'll get into the uh, 
how, how, how great of a match it truly was. If it was the best women's match they've done, that kind of goes without saying. But where it ranks among the best women's matches that we've seen, um, not just in AEW, but just overall. So we'll save that for the end. But we have a lot to get into before then from Monday's Raw, NXT as well, and Fastlane this coming Sunday. We do have a pay-per-view on Sunday. I think a lot of people are forgetting that, myself included. And uh, rightfully so, this pay-per-view is completely pointless. Um, they have five matches currently scheduled. I'm sure more matches will be confirmed for the card come Friday SmackDown. Down. But not only with Fastlane, I thought Raw as a go-home show on Monday was was terrible. As an actual show, it was a bit better than it has been in recent weeks. But in terms of getting you more excited for Fastlane, is it safe to assume that it failed in its job of doing that, Mr. Marceau? Yeah, but, I mean, the show on Sunday really shouldn't be happening. So, not that it's an excuse, but, like, I mean... Well, I feel like only the people that really give a shit are going to tune in on Sunday. Like, the casuals really don't care. The show's just, like, kind of there. It's just kind of a little buffer pay-per-view before WrestleMania. It's not too much, much see. So, it kind of, the build kind of outlines what the, the importance of the pay-per-view. So, I think it should be decent, but it's nothing to write home about. Well, it really is just there, I think, as we've discussed before, to kind of work out the bugs with Peacock and the live streaming service, which I think they do have live stre- They do have live streaming on Peacock. I've seen sport games. I haven't watched them myself, but I've been on Peacock. Yeah, I have Peacock for uh, soccer. I watch soccer on Peacock. They switched uh, the Premier League in England, switched to Peacock this year, and they've had, I watch, most of their games are streaming live on Peacock, and I never had an issue with that. That makes so sense. I was going to say, because I, when I logged into the premium account, because I'm an Xfinity user as well, I had seen some soccer games being advertised, so that's cool. I went on it this morning, actually, because I think today was the launch day for WWE on Peacock, and they have its own category. It's it's not what it was with the network, which bothers me, because I'm a big, I'm very OCD when it comes to this type of stuff, knowing where everything is, and just an easier layout. It's it's not meant for WWE. It's it's like Netflix, and then WWE is kind of added on. Um, but I think overall, it's actually not terrible. And I will say to kind of eat my own words from last week, they have already put up a bunch of content, classic content already, not just the last 12 months worth of pay-per-views, but every episode of Raw dating back to 2008, which I was not expecting because I've said before, it literally took WWE, intentionally or unintentionally, two and a half years to upload all of those old Raws. So I was very skeptical they would get all that stuff up in time for August, let alone today. And today is the soft launch day for WWE on Peacock. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I'll probably be watching Fastlane on Sunday if if I am watching live, probably on the network just to get my money's worth out of that. Um, but you got the same email that I did. I'm pretty sure from what I've heard that once your current billing, billing period expires, once that uh, is over, you can't use the network anymore. So do you know when that's over for you, Mr. Marceau? I do not. I mean, I must have said somewhere in the email, but I, I didn't really pay attention. I was more mad that I didn't get anything for being a long-time subscriber. But uh, all kidding aside, I mean, I think it's – I'm assuming once this integration with with uh, Peacock, I'm assuming probably maybe a week or two, they'll just switch strictly over to Peacock. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm go- I guess it's one less subscription service I have to worry about, so I can't complain on my end. Yeah, it's 10 less dollars. Hey, maybe I'll put it towards uh, YouTube premiums, as you suggested. <laughs> great must hey honestly if you're on youtube a lot it's a must and i, I am so i a molly for like the longest time because she got it and i'm like oh I, well you don't need that I'm like that's not that bad and then when i got youtube premium there's no ads now it's fucking money <laughs> no, it's honestly a very big changer. the no ads and the uh game changer playing if you uh 
like turn your phone off, it's it's a it's a game changer. So is it when you can you turn your phone off or is it only on the screen if you're using it? Like what's the so protocol? it's like if now if you like are watching or listening to something and you like close the screen, it just shuts off. Now if you just like go to your home screen or go to something else that you're like viewing, it'll still apply. Okay, gotcha. That, that, that works out because that's always bothered me. And I, I've just kind of made the most of it when, like, I'm watching a video on my phone and then, like, you text me or Alexis text me. There is a way, obviously, to reply to things when the video is still going. It's not easy. Um, but then you got to get out. And it's just, again, it's 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 not – game changer was a very strong word. And you mentioned that in the text at least two or three different times. So I'm going to take your word for it. I might sign up after the network expires and I'll just put my $10 towards that. But we'll see. And again, I'm going to make the most of the network while we have it here in the U.S. I don't know if the VPN stuff works with that just because, like, I've never really used a VPN. But, like, with Netflix, for example, everyone has Netflix. I think everywhere in the world for the most part. Um, We just have different stuff on it here than people in Canada do or in England or whatever over in Europe. In the U.S., we're not going to have the network at all. Like, if you go to the website, I'm not really sure what's going to be there. So, I don't know if you type in that URL, if you have a VPN, if it's going to work. It might. I don't know. Because you have to sign up for an account still, if that makes sense. So, for those wondering about that, I, I honestly really don't know. And that that would only really work on my laptop anyway. I don't think it would work on your phone, I don't think. Or on a... Uh, you know, on your Roku TV or on your Fire Stick or whatever, so it's a pain in the ass. Someone said the other day, I had seen someone on Twitter say, one of my followers, one of my friends, they said that uh, Peacock is actually not on Fire Stick, which is incredibly um, problematic in, in terms of getting the network. If you want to watch the network and all you have is an Amazon Fire Stick, then you're kind of fucked, at least for right now. So they got to get their shit together, stop dragging their feet with this stuff, and hopefully we can... Uh, get all this shit worked out in the next couple of months as far as the network is concerned. Uh, But before we get to Raw on Monday, I do want to discuss two things that have come up in the last couple of days. Uh, One that came out last, I think it was Thursday or Friday. Uh, It was right after we recorded the show, but Andrade reportedly requesting his release. Not even reportedly, he outright confirmed it on Twitter this morning, saying, yes, the rumors are true, thank you for all your support, blah, blah, blah. He repeated it in Spanish in that same tweet. So Andrade is apparently on his way out from WWE, I don't know if it's a case where we won't see him again until he gets his release. I'm not sure how much time he has left on his deal. Like with Luke Harper, for example, he went public with his release, wanting his release, wasn't used for the next six months, came back to TV for a month or two, and then he disappeared again, and then they released him. So I'm not exactly sure what's going to go down there. Obviously, his fiance Charlotte Flair, still with WWE. Not enough for him to stick around, which I don't blame him based off how he's been booked. But what were your initial thoughts, RJ, on the um, rumored departure of Andrade from WWE? Uh, I'm not shocked. I mean, this guy has a ton of potential. I think we were saying years ago, especially after that, uh, NXT TakeOver Philly match with Johnny Gargano. I feel like he should have been the next breakout Hispanic star. And just, I don't know, any, him, I mean, Angel Garza has the potential. I feel like they haven't really used him to his capabilities. Um, I mean, Umberto Carrillo, they don't even show on TV anymore. They still have Rey Mysterio. I guess, I guess that's who they're still pushing. But I don't know, I feel like Andrade, it's just like, he's just a very, I would say he just seems like he just could be a much better Del Rio they pushed for so long so i'm not sure what i mean his english isn't the greatest but i mean you can work around that stuff that's really really what their issue is i mean he's such a good wrestler that they could just put a mouthpiece on him like they had zelina too that's the worst part so they had zelina they were a money team and then i don't know like they were kind of pushing him a little bit and then they take it back then they push him a little bit and then take it back Mm -hmm. and just it kind of came to the point that i feel like they just 
they must whatever they weren't weren't happy with about him just finally must have just kind of sufficed because then he stopped being on TV. They broke up him and Zelina. They got rid of Zelina, and then he's barely been on TV since. So. Yeah, I think the initial thing with him being off TV was that back in October, it was reported that he had some sort of an injury that he would have to take time off to get surgery for or rehab or whatever. And at the time, it was reported to be a month. So even if it was like two or three months, that was still five months ago. So I'm sure he's clear to compete by now. He's totally fine to come back. Apparently, he has been backstage at Raw at the tapings, uh, at least recently. I'm not sure how far back he's been uh, backstage at Raw. But he's been good to go for a while now, I would assume. And the weird thing was that even when he was on the show, literally the night of the draft, I think was the last match we saw him have against Angel Garza. It was a quick squash, a nothing match, unfortunately. They gave it away on Raw. Garza won within minutes. We haven't really seen much of Garza on Raw a lot lately either. Um, but Andrade was one of the few people of everyone in WWE, and we're talking all the losers on the undercard as well, that wasn't drafted. Like, I think he and Mickey James were, like, the only two people that weren't drafted, which was bizarre to a lot of people. And you would have to assume that he wasn't switching shows, because Charlotte's still on Raw, they're engaged, why would they move him to SmackDown? It was a really weird thing. And then Zelina Vega went to SmackDown, she got fired a month later for other reasons, so she's been gone for a while now, too. But even then, I think you kind of got the sense that they have no plans for this guy. That Garza tag team only really came about because, again, they had no plans for Andrade. And they had potential to be a great tag team. He had potential to be a breakout single star. I don't know if he was ever going to be a world champion um, with the, again, the lack of... I mean, he could speak English, just not great, but that was what Zelina was for. And they were a money act in NXT. I mean, how many times have we said that here on the show and to each other over text? I mean, the guy was just an absolute superstar, so... Uh, again, like you said, not entirely surprised because we haven't seen him on TV in a while. Kind of along the same lines of Aleister Black. We haven't seen him since October either. Would you have to assume that he's probably also on his way out too? Yeah, it seems like that's the case for Aleister Black as well. I just, at least, uh, eh, the issue with, the, not even an issue with him, I just feel like at least with Andrade, like he kind of got a fair, not, I don't know if say fair shake, but like he's had a decent run. Um, nothing crazy, but at least he like had a chance. I feel like Alistair Black, like since being on the main roster, he's done legit nothing. So it, I, it would suck to see him go. I feel like he was one of those Paul Heyman guys that they started focusing on, and once he left Raw, he kind of went right down the tubes, went mm-hmm. to SmackDown, hasn't done anything since. So I mean, I, I I think he's great. I'm not sure what they don't see in him, but I, I would assume he's probably on the outs as well. Yeah, no, the thing with Black, it's weird because they never buried the guy really until the final few months that he was on Raw. Like, he's been in the main roster now for over two years. He and Ricochet were brought up at the exact same time, right before WrestleMania 35, and he went undefeated for over a year. I think a lot of people forget about that, but he racked up wins against Rollins and Styles and many other people, uh, Cesaro, and had some really, really good matches in the process, but he never really had that one breakout feud. Um, he, he beat Bobby Lashley, the current WWE champion, at WrestleMania last year, and that was a nothing match. They announced it like days before the show because of COVID stuff. Um, they never really did with him after, they never really did anything with him after that, and it was exactly for the reason that you just mentioned, that I think Paul Heyman was really, really high on him, and then once Paul Heyman was taken out of creative, they did nothing with the guy, they tried turning him heel, that fell flat, the Owens feud fell flat, the matches were good, um, I think his final match to date was against Owens on Raw, that no DQ match, which was awesome, but they haven't done jack shit with this guy since, they actually drafted him to SmackDown, and he has yet to appear on the show, so... Again, I would assume that he's also probably sitting out his contract. But again, how much time do these guys have? Like, how long will they be sitting in the back until they're free and clear to go wherever they want? 
let's assume that's in 2021 and they can go elsewhere and they do leave. Black's wife was fired uh, for kind of some dumb reasons. I mean, that's arguable, I guess, but I thought it was a little unjustified back in November. Um, So she's obviously not coming back. I would see him having more of a reason to leave than Andrade, but they're probably both on their way out. If they are free and clear of their contracts, RJ, by the end of 2021... Where do they go? I mean, obviously the easy answer is AEW, but you don't want every former WWE guy going to WWE or going to AEW. We already have Christian there, Big Show. I mean, the list goes on and on. Not their entire roster is ex WWE guys, but you don't want a reputation for taking in every ex WWE superstar. And I don't think they will, but I do think you can make an exception for a guy like a an Andrade or a Black, given how high their ceilings are for success in any promotion they wind up in. Yeah, I mean. It's just one of those things I, I would like to see them there, but I also don't want to, like you said, just be like WWEX guys there. I mean, I guess they could, I just, the thing is, the real issue is there's just such a high and such a low. It's like, it's either WWE or AEW, or then you're kind of just like, I mean, Ring of Honor is like nice, but it's just, just like another peak down, like maybe MLW. I mean, it's another, I would say it's another probably step down for guys like that, but I mean, maybe just trying to revitalize your career a little bit, get that that off TV stench that you had from WWE not being on TV at all, kind of revitalize you. Kind of like, like what Drew did. I mean, Drew did go to Impact, but he did kind of tour the indies a little bit, uh, and then he kind of revitalized his career in TNA and came back to WWE. So, I mean, something like that. I, I probably wouldn't say go right to to AEW just because I feel like there's so many guys there that they don't use. And now, what, what, what are they going to do with these guys now? Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, they have used some guys well, some other guys not so much. I mean, you look at Miro as a prime example of a person who had a lot of potential. Again, would he have ever been WWE champion? Probably not, but he was another guy that when he got cut in April, how can you let this guy slip through your fingers? And that was because they fired him. He was probably on his way out anyway, but they legit released him. Like, these people, they're just hoarding on to. Um, And they, you know, AEW, you know, captured him right up. He debuted in September and has done legit nothing since then. I mean, he's been in the Kip Sabian tag team. They've had a few feuds that no one gives a shit about. The dumb wedding, the best man crap. And I like Miro a lot, but his AEW run has been very underwhelming so far. And they're only just now splitting him away from Sabian. But even then, what do you do with him? Do you put him in the TNT title picture? Do you have him feud with Omega? I mean, he's a heel, so I don't know. Um, that, that's the problem right now. So again, you scoop up Black, what do you do with them? You just signed all these other people that you're focusing on. Ethan Page, Christian, Big Show's not an active wrestler, Paul White, but again, it goes back to that same thing where like it's all about the new toy and you forget about all the other people you've signed, like a Lance Archer and people like that. Andrade, I think, of the two, gun to head, if I had to choose someone to sign to AEW, it would be Black. Andrade, I think, would be perfect for like a Ring of Honor or something like that just because he's very proficient with that type of stuff. He has friends there. Rue, she's the current Ring of Honor world champion. I think he would be perfect there. With a black, I think his first spot would probably, his first destination would probably be AEW. I just don't see him gelling well like in an impact, even though they have a great roster. So I don't know, but would you reunite Zelina and Andrade wherever they do go? I mean, if possible, I would. I just... I just think that's probably the best way you'd go. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would say that's they're the money team, so I would pair them back together. I mean, not sure if she's going to go back into wrestling or not, but 
to, for him to be a big star, I feel like he does does need a mouthpiece to help him out a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. Hopefully they are reunited wherever they go next. Uh, one quick thing before we get to Raw and Fastlane predictions and whatnot. We don't have a lot to say about Raw just because not a lot happened, but I do have some thoughts regarding the WrestleMania announcements and the lack of fanfare regarding those. But as announced this morning by WWE on Corey Graves' uh, After the Bell podcast, Eric Bischoff headed to the WWE Hall of Fame, part of the 2021 class, along with Molly Holly, who we talked about, I think, last week here on the show. Um, Eric Bischoff joining her in that class, obviously former Raw general manager, head of WCW. He's made a few AEW appearances lately, so I'm really glad that didn't stop him from being inducted. Um, you know, I, that that's happened before, like with Vicky Guerrero. I'm not the biggest Vicky Guerrero fan, but... She had said after she made an appearance in AEW, and this was well before she signed, that WWE stopped her from having WWE people on her show because she made one quick cameo on an AEW show, which is stupid. So I'm glad they didn't get in the way of that because Bischoff was on Dynamite literally like two weeks ago. So it's cool to see him going into the Hall of Fame. NWO uh, was announced for the 2020 class, so it kind of works out nicely. Um, But yeah, very well-deserving candidate, and I'm glad to see him in finally after all these years. Yeah, it's good to see Bischoff in there. I mean, I think that was a slam dunk. I mean, eventually he was going to get in. Um, I, like you said, I, I am a little bit surprised when I saw the news. I think it was today I saw it. I think that's when it was announced. Mm-hmm. That they were going to let him go in. I thought once he was on AEW, he was probably going to have to wait a little bit. So it is nice that they're going to put him in. But, I mean, with the NWO as well, it makes the most sense to put them in. The kind of the, Obviously, they were supposed to go in last year, but kind of put them in close enough because basically they go hand-in-hand. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure exactly what the format is going to be in terms of, like, is it all going to be speeches? Is everyone going to be there? Obviously, I don't think there's going to be fans. Um, will it be the old banquet hall set up with all the wrestlers? Or I'm not exactly sure how this is going to go down, especially with two different classes. And we all know how long one class of a Hall of Fame can be with the speeches and whatnot. Let's, let's not go back to the Mr. T days or Hillbilly Gym, and they're very nice people. But, like, good God, I mean, some of these speeches go on for 45 minutes. So we'll see how it ends up, and um, you know, I think the fact that it won't be in front of a crowd definitely helps. But we get to Raw from Monday, and one of the big takeaways for me from this show, we found out two WrestleMania matches on this show. One of them I thought the announcement was, was fine. The biggest one I thought was absolutely the worst WrestleMania match announcement I have ever heard. So literally, we come on the air, dude. I had him in on Twitter all day. So we start the show, Alexis and I, and then Bobby Lashley makes a passing comment about how he's facing Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. And I actually had to rewind it a time or two to determine what he actually said because I couldn't really understand. Did they just announce Lashley and McIntyre with literally no announcement? And I skipped through all the bullshit at the beginning. I skipped through the fucking recaps. I don't need to see that crap. So can you shine some light on this for me? Was that the announcement of Lashley and McIntyre at Mania? And if so, was that one of the weakest WrestleMania main event match announcements that you've ever heard? Yeah, I mean, not that it was like a throwaway, but like basically it seemed like I was, I kind of just watched the beginning. Um, it just seemed like they were like kind of recapping uh, everything from last week and then it just all of a sudden they just threw a graphic over it at the end of Bobby versus Drew at WrestleMania and that was kind of just it. They didn't really like, like you say, come out and actually say like, this is the WrestleMania match. They kind of just showed a graphic acknowledging it's this year and that was kind of it. So, I mean, I think that's what we all expected it to be. I mean, obviously I think, they probably should have done more of a 
of a formal setting, but it is what it is. So. Yeah, I mean, the match makes sense. Don't get me wrong. I just think the setup was completely lame. And it, it sucks, too, because I think that's really what, with WWE, wrestling in general, gets people more excited about these matches. If you is if you have a Drew McIntyre out there and he's challenging Lashley, they didn't even do that. This just felt incredibly lazy. Um, and this is supposed to be, again, not for any one random match on the card, but literally for your WWE Championship match on night one or two of WrestleMania. I would, I would put it on night one, and then have whatever Roman's match is with Edge and Brian, or just Edge, or just Brian, whatever, um, with, I, I would put that in night two as the main event, personally. But, um, yeah, that was just bizarre to me. But, again, it's a match that makes sense. Uh, McIntyre did run through The Miz on this show, so that happened. He's facing Sheamus again on Sunday in just a, a regular match. If that was always going to be the plan, I'm not really sure why they would give it away on Raw. It's very clear they're booking week to week here, because if they were booking long-term or had a semblance of an idea of what they would be doing a couple of weeks from now or at the pay-per-views, then they wouldn't have done McIntyre and Sheamus on Raw twice before doing it again at the pay-per-view. And they have decisive fucking finishes, too. Sheamus won. I'm sorry, McIntyre won both times. So it made absolutely no sense. But at least it's a match that makes sense. And given how good their backlash belt was, I'm sure this will be no different. Um, the other WrestleMania match announcement was for the Raw Tag Team titles. So we had two title matches announced for this show. One saw Riddle beat... Uh, Mustafa Ali to retain the United States Championship. Good match, whatever. Uh, Raw tag team titles, the New Day, knocking off the Hurt Business to become 11-time tag team champions. So I'm thinking to myself, why would you do that when the when the Hurt Business is as hot as they are right now? It's not like they've had all these great title defenses. They really haven't defended the titles at all. That division is completely depleted right now. But it's so depleted that they took the belts off of Alexander and Benjamin to put them on a team we've seen them on a million times just so we can have babyface champions for AJ Styles and Omos to challenge for. So you were right in that AJ won't be involved in a prominent match at Mania. They try to justify it by saying or having him say, oh, you know, I've never gone for the tag titles before. I've been WWE and Intercontinental and United States Champion, but never a tag team champion. But dude, this has come completely out of nowhere. Clearly, Styles has been directionless for weeks now, for weeks and months, ever really since well before the Rumble, since the McIntyre feud ended, they're putting him in the tag team division, which, it's not a bad idea, but Omos, I'm sure, is going to be terrible, like, I think he plays his role perfectly well as the bodyguard, I think he's wrestled maybe five or six matches between his time in NXT and on the main roster, so I do not have high hopes for this at all, I thought this was really just lame, like I said earlier. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been telling you for weeks, GSM, you didn't want to listen to me, I'm, I'm right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it is completely random. Um, I just, I mean, the Hurt Business is probably the be best thing going on Raw. I'd probably see just more of Lashley. I mean, yeah, Benjamin and, and Alexander are kind of committed to, like, they're in the same faction as him, but I, I would say it's mostly Bobby that, than, than them, so... Um, I just it doesn't make much sense. Like we don't need to see the New Day champions again. I think, like I said, we said via text. I, I think that's just all because of they're trying to get babyface challengers to face Omos and AJ. I mean, hopefully AJ does most of the work and Omos just comes in and does a couple big man spots. I mean, guy's like seven three. I'm surprised he can like he walks pretty fluently, but I can only imagine how horrible his wrestling is. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, I'm not. I just don't think they knew they had a win again just to do this. Just do, just just do AJ and Omos versus them. Like, do you, like does it really matter? Who cares? 
yeah, who gives a shit? That's the problem. And they have no other teams to face for the Raw Tag Team Titles of Mania. They have the Lucha House Party. They've gone for the belts a time or two and lost both times. Miz and Morrison are obviously going to be involved with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest at Mania, which is fine. Um, I, I don't even really know what other teams they have. They were doing Riddle and Jeff for a little while. That went nowhere. That was very short-lived. And this this is really it. I mean, AJ has no other obvious opponents on Raw right now. I don't really want to see him and Braun. Him and Drew, they can run back at some point down the road. Definitely not at WrestleMania, obviously. I don't know. I mean, there's really not many opponents for AJ right now. It doesn't really feel like a priority, which is weird, given how heavily he's been protected lately. So, I'm not saying it won't be a good match, but this screams. I don't know if you remember this, but this screams like Team Hell No versus Dolph and, uh, who was it, Big E at WrestleMania 29, six, seven years ago, eight years ago at this point. It was Big E's, like, debut match, and it was at WrestleMania. There was zero hype surrounding it. Like, it just kind of came out of nowhere, and it was a good match, but it was just completely completely random, and this is no different, so, um, would you have AJ and Omos win the Raw Tag Team titles, or what would you do there? Yeah, I'd have them win it, why do we need to see another New Day ran? Yeah, just, I, I, I mean, the titles, realistically, the titles mean nothing, yeah, I, the tag team divisions, they just need to merge the belts at this point, they don't even have enough teams, it's just stupid, I would have them win, but, like, if they just merge the tag belts, I, I wouldn't be against that. How bad was the Braun and Shane segment from Raw this week? I just, I'm so over this already. It's just stupid. They're making Braun look like, I mean, he is a loser, but they make him look like a bigger loser than he already is. They're making him look like not only a loser, but just a complete imbecile. I mean, the guy walks the ring side. Does he not see the fucking hopscotch on the side of the ring and he's surprised that they're not having a match? Like, unless they set that up during the match, which I don't think they did. I don't know. This thing sucks. We're getting the match on Sunday. We'll talk more about that later, <laughs> but good guy. This was, I mean, Raw was not a great show this week, and it rarely really is, but. Man, that was fucking terrible. Um, we had Asuka and Shayna, which is amazing to me, just because, you know, a year ago, this would have been not a dream match, but, like, these are the two most dominant women's champions that we've ever had in NXT. Between the two of them, they've held the NXT Women's Championship for close to, like, a thousand days, and that's not even an exaggeration. Like, you can go back and look at the numbers. That is wild, okay? And they have a match on Monday. Shayna knocked Asuka's teeth right out of her fucking mouth a couple weeks ago. So it was a logical match to do. It was over in 90 seconds. Now, again, it made Asuka look like a killer, which we need. So I don't want to complain about everything, because at least she's being portrayed as a serious figure on the show again. I, I don't know about you. I mean, I think I know about you. But other people, they love the clowning stuff with Asuka. I hate the clown stuff. I think it's complete trash. I think it's garbage. It's terrible. I'm not a fan. Um, so her going back to being the killer Asuka that we knew and loved from NXT, I think that's great. But it shouldn't come at the expense of someone like a Shayna Baszler who had potential a year ago and has been completely wasted on the main roster. Yeah, this established Asuka as being dominant again, but again, dude, where are we going with any of this? Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess it's just trying to get Asuka back on TV mm. in, a, on, in a strong position. Um, it, I mean, it seems like it's going to be her and Charlotte again at WrestleMania. It is what it is. I'm not too excited for that again, but it should be a decent match at least. So I guess getting Oscar back on TV, making her more serious, maybe give her, make her look more of a threat and better chance of retaining in Charlotte instead of being the clown Oscar. Like you said, I, I can't stand Oscar's a baby face yelling the Japanese and just being a goof and dancing. I'm just give me the serious Oscar from NXT and 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 then. Just go on with that. Don't go back to the silly goofiness. It just it, it makes her it makes me not care about Oscar at all. At this point, do you think they're saving Rhea Ripley for the night after WrestleMania? 
Um, it seems like it. I mean, they've had vignettes going. You haven't seen her yet, so uh, I don't know when you. At this point, I would say you wait till after WrestleMania, but. Who knows? I mean, they could do it after Fastlane, but at that point, if she's not involved in the Raw Women's Championship match, then why even bother? Does she debut if they do it in the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal and win the whole thing? Is is that a possibility, you think? That's a possibility. I just don't know why you'd be teasing her. Yeah, I agree, vin- yeah. I mean, that, that's something they would do, but I don't know why you'd do that. It makes no sense. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, to be fair, though, I almost understand it just because they had her in the Rumble, and that was like her main roster debut because she's not going back to NXT, obviously. And then they didn't do anything with her. Like, they didn't even mention her after that. It was like she was Christian for a couple of weeks there before they started airing the vignettes. And, um, yeah, I mean, they have to acknowledge that she's coming to the main roster because you can't just not... If she's not going to be in NXT at all and the Raquel send-off was so well done that you really can't continue to use her there, she's already been there long enough. Um, You kind of have to confirm to people, okay, she's coming to Raw, but you just have to have a plan for her. That's the problem with these call-ups. She's ready for the call-up, but they need to have a plan in place for her. Whether they will or not, that's really the question, and I don't know if we can exactly answer that right now, unfortunately. Uh, but we transition from that over to Fastlane on Sunday. Just want to get your quick thoughts on this pay-per-view. We have Big E and Apollo Cruz for the Intercontinental Championship for like the third or fourth time, but... Honestly, dude, this might be one of my favorite feuds over the Intercontinental Championship they've done in several years. And that sounds like an exaggeration, but the truth is we haven't had a lot of feuds over that championship in the last couple of years. But this has been a very good feud. Big E is doing great work. Apollo's doing great work. And the matches have been good. So um, what are your thoughts so far on the feud, and who do you have win here and take the title? Um, I think the feuds are pretty good. I mean, Apollo was, is, has always been a great wrestler, I think. For us, that we've been saying, I feel like he did get called up a little too early. I just feel like he was kind of just a generic good wrestler, and they have a lot of those. But this new character, this kind of, I guess, African persona with their scarf and like the bodyguards, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm digging it, and I think this is something that can help him kind of break that, uh, that generic good wrestler vibe. And he has now he has a decent character behind him. Uh, Big E's good. I, I, I kind of wish they kind of moved him more away from the New Day stuff. Like, he still wears a gear. Obviously, he has his new, his new theme. But kind of just making him more serious, more like the Big E Langston from, from before. I think that's what the direction they should go with him. But um, I think it's, it's been a good feud on Samantha, one of the better things they've been doing recently. So I can't complain. But uh, I think Big E will keep the belt. I, I think it might be a little too soon to put on a ball do you put the belt on Apollo at WrestleMania? Do you do an on finish? How do you protect Apollo here to justify another match of Mania? Um, or do you do a multi? I mean, I hate that I'm even suggesting this. Or do you do a multi-man match of Mania? I mean, you could, but then it like that's yeah. I don't know. I don't uh, want to see that. I I mean, I think that's what's probably going to happen, but yeah. Because they're teasing Corbin and Zayn still being in the title picture, and I'm like, dude, I don't care. I like Corbin and I like Zayn, but like. We've seen Zayn in the title picture for a while now. you got to move on. He's not going to want it back, nor should he. Should he be doing... They, they tease something with him and Kevin Owens. Do you think that might go anywhere? It might, but I just think at this point, they're not, they're not like a big enough feud right now to do them one-on-one for no title at this point. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, they could. I mean, it's better than not putting Kevin Owens on the show at all, and Mania is two nights, so maybe. But how quickly can you build up a feud between the two, even though I know they have a lot of history? But, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that if they, if they develop it beyond... Uh, that brief interaction last week. But yeah, I, I would probably, 
I'm going to say Apollo wins here. I think Apollo takes the title. You put Biggie in chase mode. Biggie's been champion now for three months, and not to say that he won't regain it because he could. They could either have him lose multiple times and then move on to him and Roman Reigns at some point. Um, if and when you do that match, do you think that's SummerSlam worthy, or would you do it on a B pay-per-view? Uh, Biggie and Roman Reigns, that is. Um, I, you could say it's, you could say it for SummerSlam, um, but I mean, if you had an opportunity at like a Rock or maybe Brock Lesnar or someone big, I would I would do that before I do them him and Biggie at SummerSlam. But if they have no one else bigger than that, I, I guess you do that at SummerSlam. Kind of make Biggie seem like a bigger deal. Uh, but I think you have to build him up and make him more of a serious character before that happens. Yeah, well, I, I like the fact that it's been a slow transition because people were saying at the beginning, oh, he has to be more serious, like you were saying, like ditch the New Day music and uh, the goofiness and whatever. And it took him a while to do that. Like, it, it took him the street, fight with, the, the street fight with Sheamus to do that. It took him, you know, getting attacked by Apollo Crews to do that. It's been a very gradual transition. That makes sense. Because Big E, I talked to him last summer and he said that, you know, you can't just go serious overnight, which I completely agree with because it's just such a sudden change that it makes no sense. So I'm glad that it's been a gradual thing, and I'm sure we will get to that point before long. Um, I'm really looking forward to that match. The WWE Women's Tag Team title match, not so much. Nia Jax and Shayna versus Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Again, dude. Again. The Reginald nonsense has been terrible. They are quickly ruining my excitement for Banks and Belair at Mania. Not that I'm not excited anymore, but... My interest level, my interest level is going lower and lower by the week. The more they involve Nia and Shayna in this pointless program between them and Sasha and Bianca, why are they fighting for the tag titles? It's complete crap. They did the same shit on NXT this week. We'll get to that soon enough. But obviously, Nia and Shayna are winning here, right? Yeah, I would say so. I think then you can hopefully take. Sasha and Bianca more seriously, but this whole tag team stuff just trash. It's trash. Who cares? And do you think would you? have Sasha go full-fledged heel again, or do you think it's going to be babyface and babyface and mania? Um, I mean, I feel like Sasha's kind of a tweener anyways, but, I mean, you could have Sasha kind of, like, go heel aft if you really wanted to get that dynamic, but uh, I feel like Sasha's more of a heel than a babyface, so Definitely. you know, don't yeah. really have too much. Yeah, no, she, she's been more of a tweener lately, but she's so unlikable that I would just turn her full-fledged deal at this point and probably reheat the program up again just because the damage has been done with this feud and the involvement of Reginald has made it that much worse. Um, we get to a match. I don't know if you can really call it a match. Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss, they announced on Raw this week. Obviously, it won't be a match. But listen, dude, I like the Fiend stuff, honestly, more than most. I don't love the segments they did with him and Orton and Alexa Bliss every single week. But it's well gotten to the point. They have to move the fuck on. They're dragging their feet here. they got to get to the next stage of the story. I know they're waiting until Mania, but The Fiend has been off the show now for three months. And that would be one thing if they weren't doing the same shit every week and, like, Orton coughing up the black blood or whatever the hell that is, like oil or whatever. Um, I'm just I'm just so done with this portion of the program. They have to move on from this. Yeah, it's starting to, like you said, they're starting to drag their feet a little bit. I like the long-term storytelling, but, like, they could have done this probably a little bit quicker i just feel like they've been doing the same stuff like you said he's been like puking up like the black goo like the last couple like he's yep. done it multiple times it should have been a one and done thing uh, like you couldn't come up with anything more creative than doing it multiple times i mean it is what it is but i i just feel like they should have they just it's one of those things it's a story that should be told at a long at a long pace but it needs to start picking up i i, I can't 
It's not going to keep me interested if Orange puking up black goo every week. I mean, I'm kind of over it at this point. Yeah, no, it's just it's just not good, and the segments are getting worse. And they were kind of not great from the beginning. It's a really all a matter of preference, and I'm not a big fan of the sports entertainment stuff they do sometimes, but this specifically has been garbage. Um, so hopefully, I mean, what happens here? What do you think? We're getting a match, quote-unquote. We're obviously not, but do you think this is where we get the return of The Fiend? Yeah, I think so. We're, we're not getting Alexa Bliss pinning Randy Orton, are we? I, I mean, I hope not. <laughs> Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania? Uh, that's what seems like it's going to happen. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus one-on-one, no stip, nothing. Sheamus literally lost clean to Bobby Lashley and Raw in a great match, but if that didn't tell you that Sheamus was losing again to Drew on Sunday, I don't know what would. Yeah, I mean, makes no sense. I mean, it should be a good match, but it's kind of like Oscar Sasha a couple, like last year, just like I've seen it, been there, done that, move on. Yeah, I mean, I'd be fond of the third match. I mean, they had their two previous matches were amazing. It's just the problem is that there's no reason to care about this. Drew, we already know, is going to WrestleMania. And we, we've seen people go to WrestleMania after losing at the February pay-per-view. It happened with um, Triple H and Austin back in the day, but these they're not Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, And the feud's also not at that level, even though it has been enjoyable. But I have McIntyre winning as well. In the main event, really, the match that should carry the show, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Universal Championship, Edge likely being the special guest enforcer. We'll find out for sure on Friday's SmackDown, but I assume Edge wins and beats Jey Uso. I don't think he's losing to Jey. Um, obviously, Roman Reigns is probably winning here, but what, what do you think is going on with this match? Do you think we're getting a triple threat at Mania? Like, well, what are your thoughts on this whole program? Because we don't talk a lot about SmackDown here on the show. Um, I think it's possible. I mean... I, I would just keep it Edge and Roman. I, I mean, it doesn't really need a triple threat. I mean, I think Rollins still needs a dance partner for WrestleMania, so I think you'd still do him and Brian. Um, but I, I would stick away from the triple threat. Yeah, that's what I would do as well. I mean, I think the triple threat would be great if they had Brian involved. I'm, it, it really all is a matter of what they're doing with Brian at Mania. Because at this point, I've said him and Rollins for so long now that I don't think they're going in that direction anymore if Rollins and Cesaro is... More likely, or Rollins and Nakamura? I'm not exactly sure, but, um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know, but Roman wins here, obviously, right? LOL, yes. Yeah, yeah, Roman's winning. But, um, yeah, no, it should be great, though. This match has been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they do with this match. Um, and that's it. That's Fastlane in a nutshell. I don't really think this will be a must-see show. Elimination Chamber didn't have a lot of great hype and ended up being decent. Um, I like the shorter shows. I would love a five-match card. I don't think it will be. Um, Elimination Chamber had four or five matches, but that's just because they had two chamber matches. They don't have that on the show, so this could be a very short show. Um, but that's one of the benefits of the pandemic era in WWE is that these shorters, th- th- these pay-per-views have been shorter shows, which is nice. Um, we'll get into NXT real quick before we go into Dynamite and whatnot. Um, it was a decent show, pretty newsworthy though. We had the return to Jordan Devlin confronting Santos Escobar, the return of Walter, which was not advertised, and at the end an NXT tag team title match. So. I thought it was a good show overall. The tag team title match shit was completely fucking pointless. I hate that they even did that. Um, Balor got pinned by Oni Lorcan, which was stupid. Why even do the match anyway? I thought that was really lame. Um, but Walter coming back was great. The Devlin stuff was good. And um, we had a good Dakota Kai-Zoe Stark match. I thought it was a good show overall, but the tag team title stuff was just stupid. Yeah, they love doing that. I don't, I don't really get that. If someone's going to face someone, they're like, why would you put them together? to face the champions. I don't know, just stupid, and Balor losing was dumb, too. They're like, obviously not going to have them win, but, I don't know, it just seemed kind of stupid, but 
It is what it is. They do that a lot when they have like a team that's they do it. The, they're doing it with the women's like Bianca and, and, and Sasha. They're gonna go for the tag title. Like why? They're facing each other. They exactly. shouldn't be on the same team. Makes no sense. I, it's just classic WWE. They do it all the time. So I can't say I'm too surprised. It's one of their newer things they're obsessed with. But I, I think it's just stupid. Why would you have a team that's facing each other f- fight in that like they're on the same team? It's stupid. Yeah, I mean, I know they've done it before with Shawn Michaels and John Cena, but, like, they do it to death nowadays to the point where they do it multiple times, like, a lot. And we're getting it now on the main roster and the NXT. And I don't know if it was a COVID thing, I know some of the, the, the recent COVID outbreak caused them to shuffle the show around, but that's really no excuse. I mean, they should not have done that shit. I mean, at the very least, a Finn balor Oni Lorcan match would have made more sense than that. I mean, that was just stupid. Um, but I did like the returns of Devlin and Walter. Are we getting Walter and Ciampa for the UK Championship at TakeOver? That's a, it seems like that's the case. Well, I, I mean, Thatcher's still involved in the feud, so I don't know if you do the tag team match or what. But, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're kind of setting this card and set in stone for TakeOver, which is cool. LA Knight, Bronson, Reed, Shirai, and Gonzalez, probably. Uh, Lorcan and Birch, probably versus MSK, if MSK is good to go by then. Um, yeah, were you, were you happy to see Walter back in the next day this week? Oh, I popped big for Walter. I'm a big Walter fan. Love the chop. Oh, my God. Yeah, like God, the chop heard around the world, yeah. So, but no, it's great to see him back. I, I'm assuming they'll probably go to him and him and Balor down the line because I was kind of teased before the whole pandemic. Maybe they don't, but I, th- I think that's a good money match they can save for a pay-per-view with that. Uh, they, if he's still, ch- I mean, I think he's still be champion. I mean, he's champion forever, but um, that'd be a nice, like, championship retained for him if he faced Balor somewhere down the line. It's gotta happen. Balor's been very vocal about that match happening. They were gonna set it up for Mania Weekend last year and, and couldn't due to the circumstances. So I'm sure that's inevitable. Maybe that's the swan song for Balor in NXT. Um, I don't know if it goes to NXT UK and he's the one to beat Walter, or they have Balor lose to him too, and then Balor moves back to Raw or SmackDown. But uh, I'm interested to see what they do. Very interested to see what they do, but I'm very happy to have Walter back in NXT. Uh, as far as Dynamite goes, the St. Patrick's Day Slam episode, not a great show overall. Um, you know, it was decent, but kind of no more exciting than most Dynamite shows, with the exception of the main event. So before we go off the air, I'm going to get your thoughts on this, Mr. Marceau. The unsanctioned, lights-out match main event, anything goes, between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa marking the first time the women have ever, ever headlined an episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh, you know, I thought this was an amazing match, and I said on Twitter... And I, I would have to really think about this. It's obviously the best women's match that AEW has ever done, clearly. The best feud they've ever done with the women, obviously. I said one of the best women's matches I've ever seen. And I'm going to stand by that. And I had people saying, well, what about this match or that match? I'm not saying it's better than Sasha and Bailey from, like, I think that their Hell in a Cell match was better than this. I'm not saying it was better than their Brooklyn match. I'm not saying it was better than Becky and Charlotte from Evolution. But I think it would be in the top ten. Honestly, I would really have to think about it, but... It would give, maybe not NXT, but it would give any main roster women's match a run for its money, in my opinion. No, I thought it was a good match. I mean, I, th- I thought it was good for them. I mean, they're the top two, I would say two of the top three women they have. I'd probably say them two and Serena Deeb are probably the best uh, workers they have in the women's division. So definitely a good match, a great feud. Not kind of like when a random, like they've built this feud up for a while, so it made sense to do the stipulation. Um, I mean, it was great back and forth. Um, everyone loved when they got juice. I, I looked like Britt went a little too far and Thunder didn't get a little too deep, but that was a good little add on just to kind of up the intensity a little bit, but, uh, definitely a great match. Definitely the best women's match in AEW history. It's not really saying much, but, uh, yeah. no, I enjoyed it. I, I don't know where it'd rank up for 
I mean, those NXT matches are good. I, I'm a big fan of Sasha and Becky from Hell in a Cell 2019. I mean, that's probably one of my favorite uh, women's matches on the main roster. I, I don't have that way up between that. But, no, I mean, great match, great way to end the show. I thought the show itself was, like you said, it was kind of – it was there. It had a couple of good matches, a couple of eh. Um, but it, was, it definitely kind of highlighted the show, and it's definitely a good talking point for them at leading out of the week. Yeah, and I think another thing about this, too, is that I, I mentioned this to you over text. I think it is one of... I, I'd have to go back and look at every episode, but I think it is one of the best main events they've ever done on Dynamite. Now, I know the parking lot brawl previously held that distinction six months ago between Santana, Ortiz, and Best Friends. But as I texted you, though, it wasn't just that the match was great. For example, Sheeta and Rose had a great match at All Out. People don't really talk about that as much because it was a random match. Like, there was no build-up. It was really just a match, and it was a great match. But there's no story there. This had a great story. It was the payoff to a very lengthy feud. Both women are the best women they have. I'm up there with Sheeta. Probably even better than... I mean, Sheeta's better than Baker as, as a wrestler, but Baker's a better character. Um, and I said to you that I would put this over the parking lot brawl just because I just didn't give a fuck about that feud. It was a great match. I just didn't really care about the feud. And this was brutal. It was way more brutal than I was expecting. And it wasn't just spots for the sake of spots. Like, I felt like most things made sense in this match. So, if you were to tell me, like, oh, this is in the top three conversation of best Dynamite's main event ever, I would absolutely not argue with you, because I thought this was incredible. Yeah, I thought it was a great match. Like I said, definitely the best women's match. I love Bray, and I love uh, Thunder Rose. I think they're both great in their own way. Uh, both have great, unique characters as well. Um, only thing I was upset about, I texted you, I, I just, I, I wouldn't have Britt, I would have Britt win here. I, I feel like she's the one to beat Sheeta. I, I don't know how you kind of pigeonhole her back over there, but they did kind of continuously say it was unsanctioned, and they did mention, oh, it's not going to go against their record. So may, maybe they kind of tease like they're going to do Thunder and uh, uh, Sheeta first, but then they kind of tease uh, Jade in the crowd. Hopefully it's not she's not wrestling anyone important soon. She needs a lot more seasoning before they start putting her in uh, bigger programs. But maybe you could just do her and Sheeta. Sheeta beats her, and then... I just don't really know how you get the Brit. I guess that's kind of my 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 concern because I think she is the one that should beat Sheeta. I think she's been great. Definitely uh, the best heel work uh, for the women, and she's just been great all year. So uh, I, I would have Brit beat her, but it seems like they're going to do Thunder and uh, Sheeta again. Yeah, that's the weird thing. I don't know really know how you pivot into Rosa and um, not Rosa. I'm sorry, Britt Baker and Sheeta, as you said, just because I know this match didn't technically count against their record. But she's lost a handful of matches lately between this. I'm pretty sure they lost the tag team match at, um, I don't remember, actually, at the Revolution. No, Dying. they won They won in the pre-show. They did win in the pre-show. And she beat, she beat, uh, she beat her at Beach Break. I mean, she could say that, I think, like, I think they've wrestled three or four times, and she beat, she's won every time besides this one. So I guess they could do that. Like you beat, you won the fight, but I won the war. I don't know. Maybe I just, yeah, I don't know. I just Rosa has so much momentum. How do you not give her the next title shot? But like you said, did they give Rosa the next title shot and they she loses? They've already done that match though. So that this is what I don't really understand. So I feel like if if it's Rosa getting the next title shot, she's gonna have to win. But Britt Baker should be the one beating the one, in my opinion, to beat Sheeta for the championship, and you agree as well. So. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have Rosa lose, and in the meantime, Baker's being built back up? Like, how long? To, how long is she going to be holding this championship for? I mean, it's been almost a year now, and it's been a pretty uneventful reign just because she's had some good matches, but like, she's never the focal point of the show. She's never made an event to dynamite. So I, I love Sheeta. I'm not complaining, but it's just kind of 
confusing. So, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I think Rosa winning was a nice moment because Baker did beat Rosa at beach break. But like you said, the aftermath from here is where I'm kind of curious where things will fall in terms of who gets the next title shot. Sheeta was shown watching from the back. Um, I don't think it's going to be Nyla Rose after she probably beats Ty Conti again next week. You mentioned that to me before we went live here, that they're doing that match next week. I missed that. But literally, dude, they've already had three matches. Rosa and Conti have already had three matches. I'm almost positive in AEW. I know Kai, uh, Ty Conti debuted. Maybe two, actually. She debuted on Dynamite against Rosa, and she lost. They had a match in the Eliminator, and she lost there, too. I mean, how often do we go back to this shit? I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, if she and she already lost twice. Unless they're going to give Ty Conti, a, like, a push, and she's going to actually win, then. I mean, I don't really see what the purpose of it. It's not like Nyla beating her again is going to all of a sudden propel her into the women's ta- like the, ta- the, the I mean, she's already lost a shoot multiple times anyway, so she shouldn't even be in the title picture, but... I mean, unless Conti wins, I really don't see the purpose in it. Um, I mean, they did t- tease Jaden uh, Red Velvet again. I mean, I, I, I guess you could go back to that. Um, but I, I just think it's Brit, it's Britt's time. She has been a decent champion. I feel like lately she's she's I think she's wrestled like twice this year. We're already almost in April, so she she hasn't really been on TV much. They need to focus on her more. I think she's been good, but she, like you said, she just seems like she's never been the focal point. Even when she's been champion, I think there's Britt and Thunder Rosa feud kind of overshadowed her, and then they had the Jade and Red Velvet Brandy stuff like that. It seemed like it was more important than her. So she's she's been a good champion. I think she's had good matches, but I think other things on the show has overshadowed her and it's kind of uh, watered down her reign. Yeah, I don't know. It feels a lot like Asuka to me, and that Asuka's been a good champion. She's had some good matches, but she's not the focal point. She's not really on Raw a whole bunch, a lot like she did. And I feel like the women's champion should be on the show almost every single week, if not cutting promos or video packages or whatever. So, I don't know. It, it, it's been weird, but we'll see where they go with it. One last thing, though. Please keep Tony Khan off the fucking show. I mean, his appearance on Elevation was terrible. I loved it. The guy looked like it was the first time he's ever been in front of a camera live his eye like squinting eyes like yelling but like not in a loud voice i, I just i just died laughing when i sent that and texted you immediately let you know get ready for get ready for a good uh good laugh i thought it was i i, I you know you you dm me about it but i didn't know it was gonna be that bad i mean i thought i know you're not a big tk fan so i'm like okay he's probably just like he just came in to introduce the main event no he was out there to announce omega and matt Sedell for our, our next week's dynamite like who gives a shit dude who cares I thought a member of the IWC ran wild and ran on stage and grabbed the microphone there for a second because that's what it sounded like. I mean, that's like if I ran on there and I would be awful. So, I don't know. It just was uh, it was not good. But at any rate, Mr. Marceau, this has been great. I'll catch you next week before the big wedding. People can catch new episodes of the show every single Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com as well. Next week, we're breaking down Fastlane as the road to WrestleMania heats up. In addition, everything else going on in the world of wrestling and preparing for your wedding, Mr. Marceau. Can't wait for that. Can't wait, Jason. Is anyone popping out of the cake? Uh, we don't have cake. It's going to be donuts, so no cake. No, no Miro no. appearance, though. No best nope. man appearance. Yeah, no need for anyone to jump on the cake. Perfect. Miro free wedding, and I can't wait for it. Mr. Marceau, this has been great, brother. I'll catch your ass next week. See you later.